within them that high and holy and heavenly calling to take the Word of God as they've been trained in the local church Bible Institute or in the good Bible-believing Bible college. There used to be more of those than there are now. And go out and serve the Lord. And believe it or not, some of those, some of those men didn't have vast educations. When I think about the great church builders of the 1930s and the 40s and the 50s, some of those men didn't even have a great school education. But they had, I tell you what they had, they had Jesus in their heart. They had the fullness of the Holy Spirit. They had a Bible in which they were convinced uh, there were no errors. They believed the King James Bible. They preached it. They had a, an unquenchable desire to win souls to Jesus Christ. I believe we need to get back to the old paths. We need to get back to the old-fashioned ways and go soul winning and tell people about Jesus and have the joy of the Lord and uh, live like Christians ought to. There's too much of that, that gloom and doom and that darkness that we've caught during this last year and a half from the world. That's, that comes from the lost world. The, the saved world doesn't experience that because we don't, we don't just uh, you know, go through every tiresome day. We rise above the circumstances by the grace of God. Amen and amen. A father sending his boy out into the world gave him the following rules. He said he could never hope to get on in life without meticulously observing them. He said, number one, tell the truth. Lies are hard to remember. I like that. Tell the truth because lies are hard to remember. Are you listening? Don't ever, don't ever bend the truth, exaggerate, twist the truth. Tell the truth, all right? And then he says, don't lend money to your friends. You will lose both. I like that. Don't lend money to your friends. If you're going to, you got friends that need money, it, it, pray about it and give it to them. They pay back if you want to or put it in the offering plate. That's all right. All right? Number three, don't watch the clock. It will keep going. You do the same. All right? Next, you do not need clean cuffs every day, but you need a clean conscience all the time. Amen. Amen. Don't borrow money unless you positively have the wherewithal to pay it back. Amen. And then there's one more that's been added. And uh, this is by the editor who printed this. You will need a friend, and the best friend to have is Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Amen. And amen. That best friend, Jesus, will take you all the way through life. He'll give you His grace to go all the way through life, and all the way through death, and all the way home to heaven. And so many of our loved ones and family and friends are doing that even as we speak. What does the world have to offer? Well, the world's got to offer. Well, just go ask Pharaoh. What's the world got to offer? A bunch of false gods, a bunch of false professors like Jannies and Jambres, and uh, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. That's what the world's got to offer. What is Christianity? What has fundamentalism got to offer? The truth and Jesus Christ and an absolute guaranteed trip to heaven and all that we need, providing all of our needs while we're here, praise the Lord, satisfaction and joy, a new life, new creation, amen, all of that. And, and we've got the privilege of representing the King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. If you're not catching on fire now, then your wood is wet tonight. We want you to get it all. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Uh, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I just described to you what's going to happen for the next 12 months, the next 24 months, the next 36 months. If Jesus doesn't come back, 
There are some folks that are going to get worse and worse. Some things are going to get worse and worse. But Jesus is going to get sweeter and sweeter. And as more and more believers are, are going home to be with God, heaven's getting better and better and sweeter and sweeter. Amen. we got that to look forward to. Praise the Lord. What are we admonished to do? But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. That from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, Hillel, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. All Scripture, every single word of the Bible, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's what we've got. I'd say we're miles and miles and miles and miles ahead of folks that don't know Jesus. And praise the Lord that we do know Him. We've had the privilege to serve Him in this world. I don't plan on dying any time soon. I'm ready, uh, but uh, I, I want to say that if I were to die right now, I would have no complaints. My life has been a complete one. I've experienced, tasted of the best things of this of uh, this old world uh, as seen through the prism of the new life in Christ. I've, I've experienced the very best that God has provided. And I, I have enjoyed the privilege of being a spokesman for the King of Kings when I don't deserve even to be a child of the King. It's been worth it, like we said today. Our labor is not in vain in the Lord. When we come to our time of honoring our graduates, those that are in our studies or have completed our studies this year, I have determined with the advice of others that uh, it would be best if we don't actually do that online just for the sake of your privacy. So when we go offline, we will actually honor and list the names of and have our certificates. So I hope that you won't be disappointed in that. If you've got lots of people watching, well, I'm glad they're watching the message. I'm glad that they're viewing, and uh, later on you can tell them what, what it was like, what it felt like, how it was. All right, so we are in 2 Timothy, and we're looking now at chapter number 4. Chapter number 4 in 2 Timothy, which we read at the beginning tonight. I charge thee. You know what a charge is? A charge is a stirring, uh, inspiring declaration of uh, what the troops are going to do, what the nation's going to do if the elected official has uh, the opportunity to lead, what the church is going to do if the pastor and the lay leadership are able to get a hold of the commission from the Lord and do what the Bible says and not be limited by a, a lot of other factors. It's a, it's a charge of what can be accomplished. It is, a, it is a, a view of the vision that we have of the potential in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. You know that there is nothing, there is nothing that the world, the flesh, the devil, that principalities and powers, that things above and things beneath can stop the Christian at if that individual is sold out to God, God has ordered it, God has provided, and we're willing to lay our life on the line. We should be willing tonight to say, yes, Lord, yes. I'm willing to go for you. 
You know what the missionary cry was? I think it was Livingston who said, I'll go anywhere as long as you lead me, Lord, as long as you're in it, as long as it's your guidance and your direction, I'll go anywhere. And he did. And he trekked all over the interior of Africa before it was even mapped out. And he was willing to do that for the cause of Jesus Christ. He was willing to spend and be spent. And we ought to have that same desire. Anywhere, Lord, anywhere you call. Recently, I received uh, an email and a phone call from an individual who had been on the mission field and had to come home because of circumstances out there and took a pastorate and served the Lord faithfully right here in our great state. But now God has called him and his family, which is much larger, back to a mission field, a different mission field, a pioneer mission, uh, mission field. And he said the occasion of this email and announcing that he's going back to be a pioneer missionary in this more difficult and primitive field is that in his own missions conference, God spoke to his heart. And now he's heading back there. He's going back there. There should be no obstacle to what God has called us to be and to do. And we can be victorious. We can be on the winning side. We already have that proclaimed over the world, the flesh, and the devil. So when Paul is writing from prison... Uh, he can probably hear them sharpening the, the edge of the axe that's going to cut through his neck and sever his head and take his earthly life and send him to glory. He's probably listening to that happen as he says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. The construction of this, as we find it so frequently in Scripture, once again declares linguistically that... God and the Lord Jesus Christ are one and the same. The Granville Sharp rule of the Bible is so clear. We find it throughout Paul's writings. And this once again tells us that Jesus Christ is very God. He's God in a body. He said in Matthew 28 and verse 18, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, he was saying, all authority, the highest authority we have is the charge of our Savior Jesus Christ. In this case, it's coming through the Apostle Paul, and he is charging Timothy, uh, uh, and he is saying, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. There's going to come a day when we'll stand before the Lord. We talked about that this morning in our service, and I believe also in this passage of Scripture, we see it again very clearly, why in chapter 4 of 2 Timothy and verse number 6, Paul says, For I am now ready to be offered. That's a drink offering that's poured out. I'm ready to be poured out. You ever feel like that? I'm ready to be poured out. He came to terms with the fact that he was going to physically die for the cause of Jesus Christ. He had mentioned it before and he was willing he'd been stoned before he'd been through shipwrecks he'd been beaten he'd been persecuted he'd had all of those things that are listed in uh, in second corinthians and he'd been through all of those different experiences and then over uh, it, further on he says none of these things move me neither count i my life dear unto myself he was saying this is no big deal there's a gospel song that jake hess used to sing 
And it, it goes like this. Death ain't no big deal. And that's true. There are worse things than dying. Uh, I'll tell you what. Dying without fulfilling the will of God. Without doing what God has purposed and planned for us. Now that's a bigger deal. But dying itself is no big deal. Because it's just, it's just when we come to the end of this chapter. And there's a continuation. Death is not a termination. Death is a continuation. It's a train. It's, we're going on. We're going on. Praise God for that. Amen. We need to live like Paul who said in Romans chapter 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. So he says, I'm ready to be offered, poured out. And the time of my departure is at hand. The word departure is a, is a military term for breaking camp. Anybody ever break camp? If you served in the military, you know what that means. If, uh, if you've ever gone camping, you know what it means. You take down the tent. You've got to get... Now, you can't just drag it along with you. You've got to put everything together. You've got to get it all prepared. And Paul was prepared. He was ready to break camp. He was ready to go. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. So he fought, he finished, and he kept. One, two, three. Great outline. Been preached thousands, many thousands of times. Never, 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 never. We never get... Tired of hearing that. He fought a good fight. Every battle that's fought in the power of the Lord for the cause of Jesus Christ is a good fight. We need to pick and choose those battles as we're led of the Holy Spirit. Finishing our course. We finished, of course, the, the studies for this year. Some are still working on it and will through the summer. And that's all right. They'll get it done. You're on the honor system. That's fine. Finished my course. Kept the faith. Been a, been a guard of the faith. Careful about the words. Careful about the definition of the words. Careful about uh, the application of the truth. So very careful as we rightly divide the word of truth. We want to make sure that there is no private interpretation. We want to make sure that we're not taking the Bible out of context to try to make it mean something that it doesn't already mean. So very important that we keep the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing. We just read about His appearing. He's going to judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. There's coming a judgment. My sins were judged at Calvary. I never have to face those sins again, praise God. In terms of justification... It's just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I'd always done right. I am justified, praise the Lord. On a daily basis, I need to keep my fellowship up to date. Short accounts with God. But that's a different matter entirely. My salvation is secure in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Jesus will never die again. I don't need Him to die again. I don't need Him to be buried again. I don't need Him to rise again. He did it once for all, for you and for me, and for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My sins have been judged. Praise God. Looking forward to that day when I stand before the King of kings and Lord of lords. And as I stand before Him, I'm going to hear what kind of a job I did by His grace and for His glory. Now what is that job? How does it break down? We have a command with several parts in verse number 2. Preach the Word. That's part A. Preach the Word. Preach the Word. 
Don't preach something else that's just interesting or something that it causes the curiosity to rise or, or, or gets the big crowds or, or uh, makes people uh, laugh and, and uh, they say, oh, that was good. I had so much fun at church. Now, there's nothing wrong with uh, using godly humor in the right way, in the right place. But when it comes to the business of what happens across this pulpit, it should be the high and holy calling of preaching the Word, declaring the truth. We know the Bible is without error. And so we've got the power of God. We need to preach it, preach it, preach it. We need to tell it, preach it, and be clear with it. Don't bend it, don't change it, don't soften it. Tell the truth, all right? Part B, be instant in season, out of season. That's what we're talking about tonight. In season, out of season. There will be times when it's popular or less popular to do what's right to participate and be a representative of Jesus Christ. There'll be times when people say, oh, oh, you're, you're low on the list. As polling has taken place, sometimes preachers are right down there with politicians. I hate to even say it in the same breath. But uh, that's unfortunately and earned, earned disrespect because there are some who have not done well at this. But whenever we're representing the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to stand up for Jesus. We don't need to defend wrongdoing. We say, yes, just pray for us. Just pray for us. Somebody says, I, I heard about that church down there. And they might be telling some lies. And you need to say, well, that's not true. But just pray for us. And then go on with the good news. Because our job is not to look good. Our job is to do right. We ought to be concerned about our testimony. But our primary purpose is not to make ourselves acceptable or look good. Our job is to represent the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Be instant in season. Be ready. Be ready always to give an answer of the hope that lies within you. That's what Peter says. And here Paul is saying, be instant in season, out of season. Now, part C, reprove. To reprove means to name sin like it is and to, and to, uh, and to condemn sin, not the sinner, but sin. Part D, rebuke, rebuke. That means to call out sin. When sin is sin and it's wrong, then call it out. And then part E, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. To exhort means to stir the hearts. And as we preach and as we teach and do the work of the Lord, that's what we're here for. We're not here to, to take the most exciting message in all the universe and wrap it up in a plain wrapper so people will yawn and be bored with it. But instead, we need to be just as excited as the message is exciting. And then we come to the commentary on the times in which we live for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We talked about living in time and space this morning. And that's what we're doing. We're in that time, uh, last times. Uh, last days, perilous times, as it says in chapter 3 and verse number 1. So the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. This is not what people are asking for. What they're asking for is a good time or to feel good or to feel better or whatever or to relieve us of responsibility, spiritual responsibility. The times in which we are living, they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, their own Fleshly desires, now lust does not have to be sensual, but it is of the earthy uh, origin after their own desires, sinful desires, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. 
What's the difference? Well, here we are commanded to preach, but instead they're asking for teachers. What, what they're asking for is someone who will back off and not be so hard. Someone who will not be so insistent on the truth. As a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I am not trying to offend people, but I am not so concerned about that as I am offending God. I am more concerned about disappointing my Savior than I am about winning some popularity contest. There are going to be those who will say, well, we'll get ourselves our own preacher. While we go out here, we'll get somebody who can tell a story. We'll go get us somebody that won't make us feel bad. If I don't feel bad from my own preaching, then I haven't preached. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Everything but the truth is a fable in this case. We have truth, we have fables. So uh, put the truth aside because the truth hurts. The truth requires something. The, the, the truth is, is going to do a job, a number on us. The Holy Spirit's going to use that to convict us. So put that aside. We don't want any of that. Instead, we want everything else. What kinds of things they want to hear? You're great people. Well, you are great people. But if I don't preach that we're all sinners and we need uh, the Lord to work a work of grace in, uh, in us, then I'm not doing my job. And, and frankly, uh, you would be remiss in putting up with a preacher like that. So what are we to do? We have a commission now. Not only a command with several parts and a commentary on the times and the trends that we see all around us, but number three, a commission. Watch thou in all things. That's part A. Endure afflictions, that's part B. Do the work of evangelists, part C. Make full proof of thy ministry, that's part D. There it is. It outlines pretty easily. It kind of falls into place, preachers and teachers. Watch in all things. Keep your eyes open. We're to, we're to be circumspect. That's what, that's what Paul says. And, uh, and I, I believe we need to keep our eyes open for what's going on around us, uh, 360, all right? Endure afflictions. He's just spoken about persecution, which is a part of afflictions. There is also this. Listen to me very carefully. Not all afflictions come from the world, the flesh, and the devil. Some afflictions are permitted by God. You read your Psalms, and you understand that before the psalmist was afflicted, he went astray. And after he was afflicted, he became disciplined and learned that he would not profit and would not represent his Lord and Master by, by going astray. Like the little sheep that wanders off, the shepherd uh, brings that little sheep back and to teach that sheep a lesson, he breaks the legs and binds them up and he carries that little lamb until the legs heal and that little lamb will never stray again. You and I are going through some affliction and maybe from the world, the flesh, the devil, but also... We might be going through some affliction so the Lord teaches us not to go astray. Mm, mm, mm. Watch 360 in all things. Endure afflictions. I mean, keep on going. A lot of people want to sit in the corner and complain and say, it's just not fair. It's just not fair. That is a waste of time and energy on our part. We're not about having fairness. We're not about having everything equal, everything even. Uh, we are about submitting to the will of God in our life, whether or not we perceive that it's fair, whether or not we perceive that we're getting the same situation somebody else is getting. So what? Whoever guaranteed that we'd get the same deal? Listen, I praise God we're going to the same heaven. 
I praise God we've got the same Savior. But nobody promised that our trip down here, our journey was going to be the same. A lot of people have different bumps in the road. They have different circumstances and situations. And that's really a benefit because God's going to give grace all along the way. And folks are, are going to become even more adept at serving the Lord. Do the work of an evangelist. That's for everybody. Do you know that while there is the gift of evangelists, that is, God has given the gifted ones to the churches, and evangelists are among those that have been given as the gifted ones to the churches for the edification of the saints. Read Ephesians 4 when you get home, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But also, every single believer is to do the work of an evangelist. Why is that? Because to evangelize means to go out and reach out, to go out and bring them in, go out and spread the good news and share the gospel. Everybody has the privilege to do that the very best that they can by the grace of God. Make full proof of thy ministry. The proving of our ministry occurs over time. You know how we say, well, the proof of that will... will develop over time. We'll see the results. We'll, you know, it, it'll become more obvious. And that is true. You know after a few years, a few decades, whether or not a ministry is genuine. You can see no individual, no human being is perfect. And therefore, because ministries are made up of imperfect people, uh, there will always be s something that people will try to point a finger at. But Truthfully, if the general pattern of the ministry is that it is a true blue ministry, that it is absolutely right on, spot on with the Word of God, then that's something we can give ourselves to because the Lord is in that. The Lord is using that. And I want to be part of a church, part of a group of people like that that are serving the Lord. Amen. I don't want to be part of something that's, that's uh, you know, a little shady, a little scammy, a little, little off color. I don't want to be part of that. Make full proof of thy ministry. We are not as some who make merchandise of the ministry. They, they use the terminology. They will use the, the, the same uh, setup, the same platform, podium, and so on and so forth. But they're doing it for personal gain. And we know what the Lord says. He says that they're those kinds of people, and they're gonna, they have their own reward. They're certainly not going to be rewarded by the Lord. But then there's that... that preacher or that layperson who faithfully serves the Lord in the same capacity. We had folks in our previous ministry who had worked in the bus ministry for 35 years. There are some that just recently stopped serving in that ministry, in the bus ministry, and they went past four decades serving the Lord just consistently. Now, you may not be called in any particular area that I mentioned, but you know exactly what you've been called to. Keep after it. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I may not be able to do what some other preachers, and we may not be able to do what some other churches do, but there's something we can do, something that everybody can do, and that is keep on. Keep on. Don't quit. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give up. You say, but I get discouraged. A lot of folks get discouraged, get depressed, but keep on. Keep on. Keep on. You say, well, I feel bad. Keep on. Keep on. Keep on. But I'm discouraged, depressed, and I feel bad. Keep on. Keep on. Keep on. I'm hurting. Keep on. Keep on. Keep on. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't give up. 
There's a crown. Crown of righteousness we read about. After our passing of the torch. Back there in 2 Timothy chapter 2. In verse 2. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So the torch gets passed. The baton gets passed. We're to pass it just as we received it. You and I may not be the brightest light ever, but we can be true. We, we, we don't have to necessarily have the highest IQ, but we can be lined up with the Word of God. We can be right. We may not have the most uh, uh, tantalizing uh, programs and the most uh, uh, you know, magnetic, dynamic of personality, but we can be lined up with Jesus Christ. We can do His work. We can represent Him. I don't care who you are, where you've come from, what you've done, where you've been, you can be true to the Lord Jesus Christ. And not quit. Not give up. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Nobody looking. I trust tonight that your soul is being set aflame. That you are on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. And you desire to be one of those that's true to the Lord. How many of you tonight would say, The Spirit of God spoke to my heart. Slip your hand up high. Spirit of God spoke to my heart. Amen. You want to be true. That's wonderful. Just a moment, we'll give you an opportunity to come. We're going to offer, extend an invitation. But I would ask you to prayerfully consider what the Lord would have you do as you decide for Him tonight. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I would urge you right now, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, to pray from your heart, to call upon the name of the Lord. Would you be willing to do that right now? Pray something like this. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, would you slip your hand up, anyone at all?
it be pleasing, Lord, to Thee. And if you gain any praise, let it go to Calvary with His blood. He has saved me with His power. He has raised me. God be the glory for the things. 